0: Psalm 23. You probably know it well, so let me go ahead and remind you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is God's word. Father, we pray that you would speak through your word tonight. Comfort us, encourage us, correct us, and use us for your glory. We ask this in your name. Amen. The more I read the Bible, the more amazed I become at how God is really a master communicator. And and, I mean, that shouldn't really surprise us. God is a master at everything he does, right? Uh, The one who created all things is the same one who created language. He created tongues that speak that language, minds that comprehend that language, and even pens to write it down. And he created the world that we use language to describe. Recently, However, I've been growing in my appreciation for biblical images in Preaching classes and in preaching books we are encouraged uh, or depending on the personality of your professor, <laughs> uh, Demanded to to use illustrations All right, and we understand what an illustration is it's it's an idea that helps illustrate or explain an idea that might otherwise be unclear or abstract. And if you read the Bible, you will notice that there are thousands upon thousands of illustrations that God uses. Divine illustrations. Sometimes they're elaborate parables. Jesus is like a vine. He's like bread. He's like water. He's like light. He's like a road. Or sometimes they're just a single word. Our God is a rock. He's a fortress. He's a lion and he's a lamb. Perhaps the most familiar image in the Bible is that of God as shepherd. That's because of the familiarity of this psalm. God is a shepherd and of course if you are a shepherd there must also be sheep nearby. So the image of sheep is closely associated. And tonight. I'd like to explore this theme of shepherd together, shepherd and sheep going hand in hand. Let's think, think with me for a few minutes about the idea of a sheep right? You're probably familiar with this. Sheep are the most commonly, the most frequently mentioned animals in the Bible, some 400 times. And in most of those instances, the Bible is not speaking of the literal, smelly, wooly, you know, animal sometimes, but usually it's referring to the image of a sheep, the metaphor of a sheep. Oddly, uh, it's one of the Bible's favorite ways to describe the people of God. Now, we've gotten really used to this. This image has become sanitized to us. Maybe not toward toward Heilman, who has spent a lot of time with sheep, right? Uh, But it's a very sanitized image uh, to us. But that wasn't the case when Jesus used this image. If we were to travel back in time to another era, another climate, another economy, we would probably quickly understand why sheep were so commonly mentioned first of all they were a very common very normal part of life sheep were raised for sustenance lives very literally depended on the the wool and the meat and the milk that came from sheep and, and because of this they were a central part of the economy right if a person's wealth was often described as how many sheep they had But it wasn't just that they were common. They also seemed to have very peculiar key qualities that made them the perfect image to describe human, particularly God's people. You probably know that sheep are just pitifully dependent creatures. Pitifully dependent creatures. They cannot fend for themselves and are completely dependent upon shepherds. They are dependent on shepherds for protection, protection from predators. Have you ever seen a sheep beat something up, right? It, it doesn't happen. They depend on shepherds for grazing, for watering, for shelter, for, for, for injury. Sheep cannot live in, in the wild, and, and they would not survive long without shepherds sheep are notoriously, notoriously uh, unintelligent. You might say dumb. I don't know. Maybe. Not, uh, so much so that not only are they easily lost and prone to wandering off, but I was reading that they can get lost and be 25 yards away from the sheep pen and not be able to find it, Right. I mean, they can see it, and they still don't know that that is where they are supposed to go. I read a story recently about a shepherding mishap in Turkey. Now, there's some irony there. Shepherding in Turkey, whatever, right? And this, this made the news. A group of shepherds uh, let their flock roam for just a few hours while they grabbed some breakfast. <laughs> And uh, I can just picture this, you know, they're sitting at first watch uh, or or wherever, and they're looking out the window watching the sheep, and one of the sheep falls off a cliff. Now, why they left sheep, okay, whatever, right? So, uh, they, they watched as one sheep fell off a cliff, and that's no big deal, the loss of one, you know, one sheep, because there were thousands there. But to their great dismay, what do you think happened? hundreds of sheep just started walking off the cliff. And 400 sheep died before the shepherds could get out there and stop. But not only that, an extra 1,100 walked off the cliff, but they didn't die because they landed on a pile of wool. Right? The loss, the financial loss was $74,000. Sheep are not intelligent. Sheep... Upon their if shepherds take an hour for breakfast, there might be trouble. And that brings us to the image of a, of a shepherd. The helplessness of a sheep is a good place to start if you are to consider what the good qualities of a shepherd might be. A good shepherd cares for the sheep. In particular, he has the sort of intelligence or the particular resources that compensate for the shortcomings of the sheep. If a sheep is unintelligent, then the shepherd must be intelligent. If the sheep is easily lost, then the shepherd must be a good retriever. An image of the shepherd is used frequently in the Bible. Some 100 times and has a heavy theological sense and in fact in the bible shepherds are presented as the model of care and compassion the very essence of gentleness and think about what a shepherd is supposed to do right this isn't hard to discern either they're responsible for leading sheep to safe places they will often. My understanding of, of you know a typical day. You know we could track Psalm 23 and have a pretty good idea, but uh, you know in general they would lead them from their nighttime protection, perhaps a pen, and they would find a safe path for them to travel in order to get to pasture and in order to find water. They had to be sure that there were no obstacles like cliffs. Um, or if there was a button that said, don't press this, they had to make sure that they didn't let the sheep go by that because they would press, you know, they'd press the button. And then, and, then, and then after they would graze, they would direct them to rest. They would rest in the shade during the heat of the day they were returned to the sheepfold. Shepherds had a tool, right? This image of a rod, a staff, some folks think of it as two tools but you know you're familiar with that you know the staff with the crook on the end right and it was the tool that that they needed and it had a couple of functions and on the one hand it would fight off predators right whack them in the head i suppose <laughs> i think david had something different when he beat the lion I don't know. Um, They would fight off predators. They would use the staff for counting. They would lay it across the backs of their sheep. They would use it to discipline. And they would use it to rescue. The reason that those staffs have the crook on the end is they would put it around. A sheep would so frequently fall into holes and fall into ditches and, and get into binds that they would loop the staff around the sheep and pull it out by the neck or by by the belly to safety. Shepherds were responsible for meeting all the needs of the sheep because they can't do it themselves. Shepherds were to be providers, to be guides, to be protectors, and to be companions. The relationship between the shepherd and the sheep in the Bible is remarkably intimate. One example of this is that I'm told that even even to this day, uh, there are examples for Middle Eastern shepherds who still practice this craft in the same way. They will put all their sheep into a pen and they'll just mix them up with other flocks at night. It doesn't matter because in the morning, they will just call to the sheep. And the sheep know their shepherd and they go to their shepherd and they, and they organize themselves. Shepherds in the Bible have a sense of authority, they the rod the picture of a rod is a is a is a reinforcement of this right it's almost like a scepter but obviously the the shepherds provide leadership and authority they tell them where to go flocks are not democratic can you imagine they took a vote would you like to walk off this cliff or would you like to walk into this pit let's do both right But let's also think about how these dual images unfold across the Bible. I don't think it's a spoiler to tell you that in the Bible we are usually the sheep and God is usually the shepherd. Psalm 103 says we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We often come across the word flock, which is designating a group of sheep or a group of God's people or God's people as a whole. Psalm 28 says, save your people and bless your heritage, O Lord. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Psalm 95, we read, he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. One of the early insights that emerges for us is we just think about this image of God as shepherd and we as A sheep is this theme of possession. Just as a shepherd has authority, just as a shepherd has ownership over his flock, so does the Lord have ownership over his people. He possesses them. And so Israel, in the Old Testament, was expected to relate to God accordingly. Not only were they to obey him as master, right? They were his... But the Bible shows us that they could confidently look to God. They could expect him to be a shepherd. They could look to him expecting guidance, expecting provision, expecting security. They weren't being bothersome or intrusive. Being needy didn't make them a nuisance. God is a shepherd and they are sheep and sheep need the shepherd. It's not, it's not a problem. It was to teach them dependence dependence. In a similar fashion, the Bible often uh, speaks of people as sheep. It often uses sheep-like qualities to highlight our specific tendencies, right? Just like sheep, which are wanderers, we are lost. People are Lost. We have all been lost. The Bible says we all like what? Sheep have gone astray. Each one of us to his own way. In 1 Peter we read that we were once straying like sheep but now we have returned. Sheep without a shepherd are by definition lost. They are lost sheep sheep without a shepherd are also weak and helpless. Jesus spoke this in Matthew chapter 9. The Bible says when Jesus saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You probably know that the image of flock is applied to the church because it is small and seemingly weak and vulnerable to attack. In Acts chapter 20, we read, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God by which he obtained with his own blood. For I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. But even this, just, sample I mean, think about how many texts we could consider here. But just this sampling of text, I think is enough to, to color this image of, of sheep in such a way that we can begin, hopefully, to appreciate the good news that God is a shepherd. He is our shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Think of some of the attributes that emerge of God as a shepherd from the scriptures. God is called a shepherd as early as Genesis chapter 49. He is one who is strong. He's a formidable defense for his people. And then, of course, the Psalms fill this image with so much texture and color and variety. Sometimes when the Bible speaks of God as a shepherd, it is speaking of him as a guide, right? You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Or Psalm 81, the shepherd of Israel who led Joseph like a flock. He is a God who guides his people. But as a shepherd, God also protects his people, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. As a shepherd, God also saves his people. The scriptures say, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. And he shall feed them. And he shall feed them and he will be their shepherd. Ezekiel chapter 34. There'll be more on this later. As a shepherd, God gathers his sheep. He goes out, he finds those who have been scattered, those who have been exiled, those who have been lost. Jeremiah 31, we read, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd His flock. See the familiar image of God as the shepherd who leaves the 99 to pursue and find the one. God as the shepherd also nourishes the flock, he feeds them, he waters them. Why? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down beside still waters in green pastures. As a shepherd, God is tender. Friends, he is tender towards his people. The God who thunders from heaven. The God who mounts on clouds and rides them. The God who will come back in a vengeance. The God who brought plagues on the people of Egypt is a tender, loving God for his people. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, and he will gently lead those that are with young. Isaiah 40 verse 11. Friends, God is like a shepherd. He leads, he guides, he protects, he saves, and he gathers. It's interesting that a part of his provision is, is that he actually provides leaders for his people? Leaders is actually a critical part of the shepherding image in the Bible. That there are these under shepherds, these little shepherds. The image of shepherd is not reserved for God alone, but is applied to leaders. Moses was a shepherd when he, when God called him. You remember, he was tending the flocks in Midian, and then God called him, and he told him basically, "Go be a shepherd of Israel." We read, Psalm 77, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Isn't that a cool picture? It's this image of God is really the shepherd, right? He led his people, but he used Moses' hand, right? Big shepherd, little shepherd. And this image shows up again and again. Joseph, or Joshua rather, is called a shepherd right after he succeeds Moses, the judges were called shepherds, and then, of course, there's David, right? The quintessential, the excellent, the shepherd par excellence, right? The very essence. Do you remember the big deal? David was the little one from the fields. There, David is the one that God literally took from the flock. And when I say that, that's actually what Psalm 78 says. Listen as I read. This is Psalm 78, verse 70. God chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the nursing ewes, and brought them to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. And with an upright heart, David shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. Do you see how here, right, the Bible weds together this gentleness of a shepherd with the ferocity of a king. David, the boy who nursed baby lambs. I say that because I'm really uncomfortable saying the word you. I don't know how to pronounce it. Do, can you tell me how to pronounce you? Is that how you pronounce it? Use he, he. He cared for baby lambs. The boy who nursed baby lambs is the same boy who slays Goliath. The boy who made his home among the sheep becomes the king who fills the royal palace. And the idea here is that even though God designates power, even though God establishes leaders and kings. Even though he exalts, his design for them is tenderness. To seek the good of their flock, even to put their lives at risk, to lay them down for their sheep. So it was quite natural for Jesus when he goes to restore Peter, the great apostle who had many sheep-like qualities, Right? When he goes to restore Peter, what did he tell him to do? Feed my lambs. Three times he tells Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. And so, of course, the shepherding metaphor is central. It is the central metaphor for how a pastor is to fulfill his office. The word pastor comes from pastoral, right? It's a pastoral image. In fact, that's what a pastor is. The word pastor means shepherd. That's what pastors do. Shepherds shepherd. Pastors shepherd. That is, pastors tend. They lead. They nourish. They defend. They must be vigilant. They can't be off having breakfast while the sheep wander off the cliff. It's the definition of you had one job, right? You had one job, (laughs) As we already read, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. For I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. Pastors are defenders. They they, they don't wield a sword that they certainly have real authority and they certainly lead, but they don't lead as tyrants or dictators. Above all, they use their power not to serve themselves, but to serve others. Instead, they shepherd the flock that is among them, exercising oversight, yes, but not under compulsion, willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, as examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, right, big shepherd, when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. Pastors do what shepherds do. They guide, protect, rescue, gather, lead. But the Bible uses this image of shepherd in a way that is surprising. A way that is surprising. In the Old Testament, we are told that the Messiah will be a shepherd from the rich pastoral lineage of David. He is to be a shepherd and he's to be a king. Ezekiel prophesies, my servant David shall be king over them and they shall all have one shepherd. The king will be a shepherd. And so when Jesus comes on the scene, which by the way, who got the news first? Oh, the shepherds. We see him doing what shepherds do, right? He speaks of himself as searching for lost sheep. He came to seek and to save those who were lost. He came to bring all of the sheep into his fold, even those that were not among the people of Israel. And in John 10, he says, Hey, I am the good shepherd. But then there's this strange, surprising Turn of events. The shepherd is a lamb. Of Jesus, John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so just like we see Jesus doing things that shepherds do, we also see Jesus doing things that lambs do. He is obedient. To the shepherd. He always obeys his father's voice. And he's gentle. He's so gentle. That's one of the images of sheep, not just that they're dumb, but that they're gentle and trusting. In the incarnation, Jesus became one of us. He dwelt among us. He became, like us, the most vulnerable animal. He came. He faced hunger. He faced thirst. He faced danger. He didn't even have a place to lay his head. And above all else, he did not argue as he was led to his slaughter. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Friends, Jesus was not only the sacrificial shepherd, but he was also the sacrificed sheep. It was his life that was offered as an atonement for sin. It was by his precious blood, like that of a lamb, a lamb without spot or blemish. It was by his lamb-like blood that we have been ransomed from our foolish wanderings, from our wanderings off the cliff, from our wanderings into enemy territory. And it's for this reason that when John sees that glorious, baffling vision, Revelation. When John sees the resurrected Christ, he is clearly depicted as both a lamb and a shepherd. Revelation 7, listen. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. The lamb is the shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. That sounds familiar. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Revelation seven seventeen. Revelation five and between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain. In Revelation chapter fourteen, we read of those who are permitted to gather around the throne and sing. They sing a new song to the Lamb. And it's only those who are around the throne that can sing this new song. In fact, it's only those who do what sheep do. It's only those who follow the shepherd. Listen, they follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Those who have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and for the Lamb. What a picture the sheep following the shepherd lamb. It is they who will sing the praises of God. Friends, see this glorious of the gospel? Just because you believe doesn't mean you do not need to hear it again. Do you see the gospel in these images? We are like sheep. Each one of us has wandered away from the safety and from the protection and from the goodness of God. From his flock by rejecting him, pursuing our own ways. Some of us have wandered off cliffs. Some of us into ditches. Some of us entangled in briars. All of us lost. Until Jesus... The great shepherd left the comfort of heaven to come and get us. This he did at great cost. It was not an easy mission, this great rescue mission. It was at the very expense of his life because that is, was the only way to pay the penalty of sin. The only way to save us. He couldn't be a shepherd. He couldn't retrieve his sheep if he did not pay the penalty of sin. And so today, if you can hear his voice, do not harden your hearts rejecting God. And don't harden your hearts pursuing sin. But turn away from your sin, away from your wanderings, away from whatever glories you might find in your ditch to the safety and comfort of the sheepfold be saved. Though you have strayed like sheep, return to the shepherd and overseer or pastor of your souls. But what else might we take from this? I think there's a great word of application and encouragement for Christians here. There are many. This is why Psalm 23 is such a treasure for the church. When the Bible uses this image of sheep and shepherd some 500 times, what do you think God might be trying to communicate to us? I often need 500 instances to get the drift, right? I'm growing increasingly convinced that we need to immerse ourselves in the biblical images in order to understand them. Because otherwise they just roll off like a figure of speech. We need to immerse ourselves in these divinely inspired illustrations. When Mark uses an illustration, it's good. When God uses an illustration, it's divine, right? And so it has power. So after you've immersed yourself in this image, let me offer a couple points of application. First of all, friends identify yourself as a sheep in God's flock. At first I had, identify yourself as a sheep. But that's not enough, is it? In God's flock. There are so many ways to apply that. That's why that's a big picture application. We could think about how we should submit to God and follow his lead. We spoke of God's wisdom a few weeks ago. Compare the wisdom of a sheep to the wisdom of a shepherd. And let that affect how you pray, and how you gripe, and how you complain. It'll ruin your fear. Your fear life will die, right, if you consider that long enough. Or we could say, consider how God has given you under-shepherds in your life, and follow their example and lead. Or we could speak of the humility that is baked into the shepherd, the the sheep image, right? The the humility that it brings about. Sheep don't smell well. Sheep are not intelligent, right? But I think the main takeaway for us, particularly for us tonight, comes from this image that we began with in Psalm 23. It's this idea of possession. It's not enough to identify as a sheep, because that is distressing. If you are in Christ, you are his sheep. You are his sheep, The Lord is my shepherd. Friends, know that you are possessed by God. That has 10,000 applications to your problems. That has all sorts of applications to your body image, to the way you spend money, to the way you overcome fear sharing the gospel, to the way you think about suffering. That has all sorts of applications for how you think about your future, and your job situation you are possessed by God. But it leads to a second application. Identify God as your shepherd. Identify yourself as one of God's sheep and identify God as your shepherd. Again, the Lord is my shepherd, which means where do you look? When you need nourishment, when you need protection, when you need safety, when you need guidance, where are you going to look? To your shepherd. Look to him expectantly as a sheep looks towards its shepherd. When I say expectantly, I think we should expect him to guide us. Expect him to to protect us expect him to save us expect him to defend us expect him to lead you expect him to nourish you and expect him to be gentle and tender he is a tender God towards his sheep that struck me today i don't always think of him as tender because i'm so aware of my sin how could he be tender to me a sinner and oh get to know his voice listen to him enough spend enough time with him enjoy enough intimacy with him that you can pick out his voice among the crowds of voices that you hear throughout the day this morning I was sitting uh, in my truck ready to get out and go into Starbucks and start working on my sermon like I do most Wednesdays I was scrolling through social media I was stalling tired and I was struck by how incredibly powerful the cultural messages are in my social media feed and I follow like weightlifters (laughs) how incredibly powerful that culture is I need to know his voice so well that I can pick his voice out from among the voices in the culture get to know his voice Follow him as he leads you, even if his way is dark, even if it is a dark valley, even if the shadows have death lurking in them. Follow him and don't be afraid because you're his and because he's with you he has a rod he has a staff he will comfort he will defend he won't let you get lost he'll even discipline you to bring him back so bring you back so don't be afraid oh and he loves you he's a good shepherd and good shepherds lay down their lives for their sheep do you really think that Jesus would be outdone by David David defeated a bear for his flock Do you think Jesus is going to be outdone? David defeated a lion for his flock. David killed a giant. God is your defender. He will not leave you. So identify as a sheep. Identify God as a shepherd. And then finally, dwell in safety. Live secure. Live as though you are safe, even if you are in the valley of the shadow of death. Live knowing that goodness and mercy are following you. They're following you, and they will follow you all the days of your life. Live unafraid of the valley of darkness. Live nourished. Don't be one of those emaciated sheep that forgets to eat. Live nourished. Rest in green pastures. Don't fret. Don't be afraid. Don't live as if you don't have a shepherd. And don't live as if he's mean or harsh or cranky or grumpy or annoyed by you. Friends, I would imagine for each one of us tonight, we've heard an image. An image that has been evoked by this picture of God as shepherd that we needed to remember. Which one do you need to take with you tonight? Do you need to remember that God is your guide? Or that he's your protector? Or a satisfier? Or a nourisher? Or a leader? Or a defender? Or do you need to remember that he is a savior? Because the shepherd is the lamb. Which attribute do you need to take with you? Whichever it is, know this. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. We are his. And we are the people, the sheep of his pasture. Oh God, we thank you that you have pursued us, even in our ignorance and folly. So now would you keep us, Help us to live into our identity as sons and daughters because of what Christ has done. Keep us safe from the dangers that lurk, from the wolves, from the shadows, and help us to dwell in light of the goodness and mercy that will follow us all the days of our lives because we get to be with you, our shepherd, forever. Help us believe this as we go. And we ask this in your name. Amen. You're dismissed, church. Go in peace.